Welcome to episode 20 with myself, Tanner, and alongside me is Trenton. If you're new here, we're happy to have you. We're going to preview Saturday's divisional round matchup with the Rams and talk about this year's hottest wide receiver cornerback matchup. Thank you for tuning in to episode 20. This is The Leap Zone. Alright guys, welcome back. It's good to be here and it feels really good to say we're finally doing episode 20. Uh, so I guess that means we got 19 of them off in 2020 and now we're uh, hitting episode 21 or hitting episode 20 to kick off the year of 2021. And um, it's in good spirits because although I hate bye weeks and I remember discussing that when the Packers had their regular season bye, uh, the feeling this time around is much different as the bye week is a really nice thing to have and uh, really nice to not have to go through that pressure of watching your team play a round one playoff game. But we were, uh, you know, filled with giving a lot of really entertaining football, a lot of really good games. Um, I know that's how I spent my bye week was just mostly watching other teams uh, play and some of those really good games. Um, what was your initial reaction to the first round of the playoffs? Well, first off, the three game. So I, I've been skeptical um, because with the, with the three games on Wild Card Weekend or the three games each day on Wild Card Weekend, just because I'm a big traditionalist when it comes to that, I thought the NFL had the perfect setup. While it's probably not um, right that sometimes you get to see a 7-9 and nine team host a playoff game. Like, I like that. I like that it's just a unique dimension that if you win your division, uh, you're 7-9 you're and nine and you're hosting a playoff game. Whereas if you're Miami, you go 11-5 and five and you are the 8th best team in the AFC and you miss the playoffs. It's unfair. It's a little bit different. Obviously, like Tampa having to go to Washington is just different. Uh, it's a unique way the NFL has it set up, but I've always thought uh, growing up, like, the NFL had the playoff set up right. I thought the six teams was cool, the top two teams getting a bye, and then they went to the seven-team uh, seven playoffs, or seven-team bracket in each conference, and it's, it took a little getting used to the idea of it, but then you get three games a day. Um, obviously, I don't sleep in as much as I did in college. <laughs> kind of hard to do that when you have a nearly one-year-old daughter, but, um, you know, I, uh, I I thought about just the fact that okay, if this was like college uh, back in the day, I would have pretty much rolled out of bed uh, probably between 11 and noon on a Saturday yeah. or Sunday, and I would have gotten to wa- wake up and do nothing but watch football uh, pretty much until nighttime, so, or until, like, until bedtime, so... It was cool. Like that, that was really cool. And one good point that I uh, heard and then kind of formed my own idea of is okay, if you're the Saints uh, this season, then you're pretty pissed off about how things are. You, you, I mean, I think you have to be a little bit upset that yeah, you didn't get a bye week. Um, but if you're a Chicago Bears fan or an Indianapolis Colts fan, you love right. the new setup because you're the seventh seed. You got in. 
Uh, so for that reason, and I think seven is as many as it needs to go. I don't think we need to ever play and like say like, well, then let's just move it to top eight in each conference, like yeah. the NBA. Like no, like I, it's already given me a little. Uh, it's already taken me a little getting used to having three games on the day or just having seven teams uh, from each conference in the playoffs. But having three games uh, on the day was really cool. I got to see uh, most of all of them, or at least a good chunk of all of them. Uh, I think the Ravens-Titans game, I I was out hunting, so I didn't get back until kind of nearly the end. Uh, But that was was awesome seeing the Ravens come out then and and do the uh, logo stomping on the Titans. So that was cool. Uh, the the Rams Seahawks game, obviously that we're gonna get into talking about the Rams quite a bit. Uh, that was interesting because Seattle came out and really just flopped uh, in the wild card weekend, and that was then then the Browns, which is probably the biggest takeaway, the biggest storyline I would oh say my God, that game uh, from the games in the weekend. I mean that was just cool. Because wherever you sit on the Browns, obviously, if you're an AFC North fan, you might not be as, or you might not find it as endearing. Yeah, but uh, for me, like, I, I thought it was awesome. I was like, this is cool. I was cool. going to say, I think most any time, even when guys are watching their own team, a lot of my friends will be like, oh, this, is, this game's boring now. I don't want to watch. And to be honest with you, I did have my, I brought out, because the Packers weren't playing, I brought out my other uh, big screen TV and I had like the dual TV setup going, so I was watching TV on one T or watching football on one TV, and I was playing Warzone on the other TV all day with my friends, and we were all watching the games together. And every, all the time when there's blowouts, people are like, "This game's boring. I don't want to watch it anyways. The game's over already." We all watched that game until the very end because we just wanted to watch the Browns absolutely shit stomp the Steelers, and that was really cool to see, just because like. I mean, I don't know if I've said it on here, I guess, but I've been pretty vocal about it with people. I thought the Steelers were frauds almost all season because they had the weakest schedule uh, there was. Um, I didn't think they played anybody real up until they played the Bills or whatever, and I'm pretty sure that started like the end of their the end of their run because they started out 11 and 0, and then their next six games went one and five, right? So. Um, and then just like that paired with like, and I, I also, a lot of my friends shared this same sentiment. I also used to really like Juju Smith-Schuster. I can't, I mean, the last, the way he's been this season, he's really, he's really gotten, you know, I guess grinded my gears. I can't say I dislike him, but like, I don't understand why you would continually say shit like this about other teams and uh, just think that it doesn't like fuel them. Obviously, it does. I don't know. I don't think a fucking da- a TikTok dance is the reason why they're losing, but I do think it's gonna like piss some people off, and it's definitely gonna add fuel to the fire. Just the the Heinz Wards of the world, and try going and doing the fool around, uh, dancing, dancing on teams' logos, constantly putting a target on their back. You'd have to imagine there's got to be some veterans on the team that have to roll their eyes and think. Juju, why are you doing this to us? Why are you uh, doing this to yourself? I'm all about individuality. I'm all about dancing to the beat of your own drum, whatever. But at some point, Juju, like you, dude, you gotta, you gotta read the situation, man. Like you are embarrassing yourself. Maybe it's something he looks back on in a few years and is like, yeah, I, I really uh, didn't do myself any favors. Back there, on but- that and saying that, and like, 
in the from the Packers' perspective, I mean, Jamal Williams dances everywhere. You know, dances every game, pregame on the field and shit. But he's not, you know, going out and dancing on the other team's logo, and he's not talking smack about the other. And team. he hasn't had a. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't had major. He hasn't had a major production drop off over the last yeah, two that, seasons. Yeah, Okay, so, so that. Hey, that dance and on. then like the one thing that kind of put me over the top on the Steelers and made me so glad. And then like, it's it's not Juju. And maybe it is partly Juju's fault because he's involved in it. But like, uh, when Chase Claypool came out and said that stuff the day after uh, about how the Browns are going to get clapped next week, it's like first off, okay, if the Browns are going to get clapped next week then why the hell were you even there? Because you just got clapped by the Browns. So if the Browns are going to get clapped next week, then what the hell was going to happen to you? You were going to get embarrassed on national TV because that actually already happened the night before. And so I, I didn't like that he said that. And then also for like that to be coming from the same wide receiver room where Juju is and has been doing this shit, it's like I really feel like those guys are just digging themselves a hole and the Steelers are, are going to have a target on their back and obviously did throughout the end of the season. And uh, it backfired on him. So, I don't know. It was amazing to watch the Browns get that win. Not to go to get too deep into a rant about the Steelers getting their ass beat, but I enjoyed it. But, yeah, well, I, I like Wild Card Weekend. You know, I like I liked the three games. If the Packers were the two seed this year, I'd probably be pretty pissed about the new playoff format. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, fortunately, they're the and one seed. And so, that's seed, the thing so, about the, Sa- I mean, the that's, Saints. That's the, you said the Saints being upset. You know, if you don't, you probably don't like it if you're the Saints. Well, the Packers were in that position last year where we came in as the two seed, didn't get the uh, bye, and the 49ers got it. And now this year the Packers are fortunate enough to – Yeah, the home, the, home, the home field is uh, definitely key too. And I think that's going to be a major key with the uh, Rams game coming up, which we'll get into soon here. But, um, yeah, I thought it was a great opening week of uh, playoffs. And then just to, like, shamefully admit, uh, yeah, definitely in college there were – absolutely some uh, first halves of Packer games on Sundays where they played at noon that I was most certainly asleep for uh, up in the Berkelow dorms up there. So <laughs> um, shamefully admit that, but uh, yeah, it happens. Now I'm definitely awake for all of them, but um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really thankful to be here and I'm really thankful that we're about to discuss a round two playoff game where the Packers are hosting the Rams and coming off of a bye, so they should be nice and rested. And we get we get to finally have 6, playoff football fans. in Lambeau. Yeah, it is only the six thousand, uh, and unfortunately, uh, we decided to opt out of the season tickets, so we weren't offered the playoff tickets uh, this year, which is fine. But um, it, of course, this year, twenty twenty, is the year where there would actually be playoff football in Lambeau because we've, we've been so close to home field advantage so many times. And then this year we get it and it's the year where there's limited fans and <laughs> shit like that. So yeah. that's just a kick in the nuts. But anyways, I think we've talked enough about that. We can dive right into Rams Packers and the thing I'm kind of fired up Tanner, I'm a little bit fired up about this Packer. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean in a good way, like I'm not, yeah, I'm excited for the game. Don't get me wrong, and I I want to I want to beat the Rams, but I'm fired up because all I keep hearing about is Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and the Rams defense. And I get it, the Rams have probably the best defense in the NFL, if if not even probably like they definitely have the best defense in the NFL. I'll give you that. But why is it that Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are going to be a problem for Aaron Rodgers? But nobody wants to talk about how Jair Alexander and Kenny Clark 
are going to be an absolute nightmare for Jared fucking Goff with a broken goddamn thumb, Jared Goff. So miss me with that shit because I'm tired of talking about how Jalen Ramsey's going to lock down Devontae Adams and that's going to be a huge problem for Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, nobody wants to turn around and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, Jared Goff, who's not half the QB Aaron Rodgers, is going to have to throw it Jair Alexander, Kevin King, and arguably the best safety duo in the NFL this year between Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. So just big time miss me with that. And then, like, the other thing that's pissing me off and really grinds my gears is, like, everybody wants to treat that regular season game against the Buccaneers as, like, the the say-all, end-all, like, oh, the Packers got beat by the Buccaneers and they had a good defense, so the Packers are going to get beat by the Rams because the Rams have a good defense. Well, the Packers have faced a number of good defenses this year, and they put up over 30 points against almost all of them, if not all of them, except for the game against the Buccaneers. And I feel like that that Buccaneers game is more of, like, a anomaly than, uh, you know, a say-all, end-all because that Bucs game, it's not like the Bucs dominated everybody all year. That was definitely the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' best game. That was their best game against oh, the yeah. Packers. I mean, that right. was – I was going to say, like, I would say – I haven't watched all 16 games uh, the Rams played in this year or even close. But, I mean, try find me a Rams defensive performance. I mean, as – as yeah, great as, as that one right. with the Buccaneers against a team in the same right. league as the Packers. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not doubting that the Rams have played that well before in the season, but, like, dude, the Buccaneers played about as well as they could have, and the Packers did everything they could to lose by right. 28 points. So, like, I don't look at the Buccaneers as a reference for how this one's going to go. Um, I think, you know, Aaron Donald has he faced a better interior offense or just a better offensive line even without David Bakhtiari I mean okay you got all pro center uh then you got well I mean we'll see the Packers they always interchange right yeah we'll see who they put at the guard maybe they put well they left they left Elton there for the last game of the season with without Debach which kind of surprised me I was almost certain Elton was going to move to left tackle but it looked like they put uh, Billy Turner there and left Rick Wagner out at right tackle. Um, I thought maybe that was going to change when they brought Valdir in, but I didn't think Valdir was going to start. I just thought maybe they would change up the starting rotation a little bit. Um, but with how with how well that line worked against the Bears, I could see I could see you know the same line coming out. But I'm sure they're going to put Elton Jenkins in the best spot to line him up uh, against Aaron Donald. And if Aaron Donald does find himself facing Elton Jenkins and Corey Lindsley, then I'm sure Aaron's going to get his plays. No doubt about it. Donald is the most disruptive player in football. Uh, I'm not saying that the Rams aren't going to have a good defensive game, but uh, even if you have a good defensive game, you're still talking about the number one, you know, in some cases, the number one offense in football. Like we said before, the Packers uh, led the league in touchdowns scored this year. Uh, they scored 66 total touchdowns on offense. Um, so, yeah, I get that the Rams have a good defense, but guess what? The Packers have a really freaking good offense, and I think that this is going to be a really good matchup. And um, another thing that doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion, is I think the Packers' defense, I mean, it gets talked about in the wrong way. The Packers' defense is getting shit on by everybody because everybody says that the Packers' defense isn't good, and I know it's not great, 
But the numbers all season long, at least especially the second half of the season, have proved that that's just not true. There's a narrative out there that the Packers have like the worst rush defense in the NFL. Well, guess what? Their Packers were 14th in rushing yards allowed. So they're in the top half in the league there. And uh, they're also up there in in passing defense. I think they're seventh in passing yards allowed. So, uh, I mean, it goes it goes to show that the Packers defense is a lot better than what people are, you know, leading the narrative to be. And I think at the end of the day, you have two pretty good defenses facing off. Yes, the Rams have a better defense, but is the difference between the Rams defense and the Packers defense more than the difference between the Rams offense and the Packers offense? Because we'll talk about it a lot later, but in a lot of these similar opponent games, I see the Rams and you just look at the, look up the Rams schedule. A lot of the Rams games are close games and they scored 20 mid low twenties, mid twenties points. You look, you know, you know, when you're talking about the Packers who averaged like 30 or over a game scored more touchdowns than they punted this year. Um, And then like the obvious difference between Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff. So, uh, basically, uh, what the way I look at this game is two good defenses that are, yes, the Rams are better, but I don't think the Rams' are defense is that much better than the opposite side, which is the Packers' offense being one of the best offenses in the league compared to the Rams, who we watch struggle to put up points in what was the most boring goddamn playoff game I've watched in a long time uh, between the Rams and Seahawks. Yeah, I, I was about, like, I had to really think to myself um, before I got talking about the wild card games just because I remember, like, watching that. And other than a couple plays for the Rams, gosh, that was that was boring. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, so here's, here's a couple of my uh, takes on it all is I tuned into that game. Uh, by the time I got to that game, it was right around when – uh, John Wolford, who's ruled out now, was ruled out for the rest of the game. So after he took that hit from Jamal Adams, well, what I saw from Jared Goff, he had one uh, completion to Cooper Cup that, you know, traveled a ways, but Cooper Cup made a great adjustment on it, and he kind of had to outdo some defenders for the ball. But you know, Jared Goff looked really, really uncomfortable. All right, this is to me isn't like when Brett Favre played with a broken thumb, like. This looks like it's like this looks like it's gonna hold Jared Goff back. Not to mention it's gonna be in I'd have to imagine at least kind of cold conditions. And if the Packers can first and foremost just stop the run, which is where I see this is why I see Snacks Harrison having um, you know he had 12 snaps in his game against Chicago. I th- see him having maybe a few more, but I predict he's gonna have like. He's going to do something big, like a nice like third-and-one stop or fourth-and-one stop. And if the Packers can stop the run, I don't really see the Rams being able to move the ball down the field uh, six, so successfully throughout that's, the night. That, 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 I want to make a point right there. Sorry to cut you off. But um, I do think that's where the Rams could find success is with Cooper Cup. But I, I haven't checked the injury report for today or anything. Cooper Cup hadn't practiced with a knee injury. Um, at, le- at least as of yesterday, 
he he did not participate, and I haven't heard whether he's going to be playing or not. I know Aaron Donald said he thinks he's going to play. I had no doubt in my mind he would play anyways. Um, and then, the, so that's where I could see the Rams finding some successes after, you know, is like the guys like Cooper Cup who are going to be able to go up against guys not named Jair Alexander. Uh, and so that's where I think they could make a difference. But um, Snacks played really well in those 12 snaps that we saw in the last game of the regular season. I do think he gets more snaps this this time around. And I really think that that's a massive improvement to our run defense with Snacks and Kenny Clark inside. Which uh, brings me back to those matchups that we were discussing. Um, in terms of like Rams defense versus the Packers offense. Yes, the Rams have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Yes, the Packers have uh, Kenny Clark and Jair Alexander. You know, convenient that those guys pretty much play the same position. And so if you take those guys off the board, um, yes, the Rams have a better defense, okay? Uh, I do think that uh, that Darius Williams or whatever it is, he is a really good corner. Um, I think he scares me a bit. And then the Rams have some really nice middle linebackers. They have good speed on defense, and they do match up well uh, for the Packers' offense. So that's why I think that it's going to come down to guys behind, you know, the guys on the lower end. And we will specifically talk about that matchup of uh, Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey in a little bit. But let's talk about more about these defensive lines and the interiors there. Um like we said, the Packers have one of the better offensive lines in the league, even without David Bakhtiari on the field. Obviously, it sucks to have not have him, but I still have plenty of faith in the Packers' line. Um, I see, at least just looking at it on paper, I see the Packers being able to create a lot of havoc for Jared Goff. And like you said, he already looks uncomfortable. Uh, it'll be tough for him. He's going to have to try and get the ball out quick. And I think if the Packers can make it tough for him to get at the ball out quick, especially with the injury, uh, that's where you really are going to, you know, limit what the Rams are able to do. And I see that the, the Packers front really being able to create pressure. Zadarius Smith has really turned it up. He's having another, another tremendous year. Um, Preston Smith has been fired up. And I think that bringing in Snacks Harrison has helped a lot with that because, uh, again, we're just able another opportunity to just use Smith as more of a pass rusher and another big body inside to take, you know, take uh, attention away from him. Um, whereas, you know, when we had guys like Dean Lowry and Tyler Lancaster in there, no offense to those guys, but they don't exactly draw a lot of attention away uh, from, you know, the guys like the Smith brothers who teams are focusing on when they're blocking. And so that's uh, that is the key there. I think that. Um, I just don't see this Rams offense being able to do very much, uh, especially with when you look at their weapons. Like I said, you need the, you need Cooper Cup to win. Uh, you need guys outside to make plays. And the way the Packers secondary has been playing and with an uncomfortable Jared Goff, even if he is more healed up and rested than he was last week, I just don't see the Rams offense being able to put up more points against a good Packers defense than I do the Packers really good offense putting up points against the Rams amazing defense. Yeah, I, I mean, that's I'd have to agree. Is I think the Packers will be able to muster at least, I, I mean, I think the Packers can get to three touchdowns. I think they can. I mean, I, I think, and I think that's all it takes just be, at least this week just because I think it's going to be very similar uh, to the Titans game plan. 
is take their running backs out. They got uh, Daryl Henderson and uh, Cam Akers. And I, I thought Sean McVay did a masterful job calling the game against the Seahawks as far as with an ailing quarterback and like that touchdown pass to Robert Woods. I mean, that was a very good setup play calling. So I'm not going to sit there and say the Rams have no shot on offense, but I, I think the Packers are going to take this running game out early and they're going to have to make Jared Goff beat them. Uh, See, and that's something know, the Packers have done well. This I don't think that's that When possible. we face teams who run the ball well, we've done a very good job of getting a lead early and forcing the other team to throw the ball, putting them in a situation where you can't just keep running it. Yeah, that's been a very um, nice strong suit for the Packers and something that's really helped the Packers' defense is because I think between the pass rush and the secondary, I mean, the strength is obviously uh, in the pass defense, when it, in terms of the defense, when you when you make teams have to go against that, that helps a lot. And I think then when you throw in the fact that the quarterback has a broken thumb and one of his top two receivers either is going to be not playing or playing with a knee injury, I think that's heavily in the Packers' favor. And the Rams do have a good defense. Mm-hmm. Leonard Floyd um, is, is having a great year that Brandon Staley, first-year defensive coordinator for them, is doing a great job. I actually saw earlier today the Texans have requested an interview with them. I think, like I think the Packers, um, and the Rams defense has been the best defense in the league. But I think the Packers can get three touchdowns. I think they can get three touchdowns against this Rams defense, and I think that's what it takes, and I think that's what it will take. Uh, is if they can get to 24 points. Yeah, I think and so. I think Packers that matches up do well that. with what I said earlier, looking at the Rams. I didn't add up their average or anything, but it's they have a lot of games where they're low 20s, mid 20s. And so uh, as long as the – like when you've got good defenses, it comes down to just – and this is going to sound very John madden or very cap- Captain Obvious, but it's just going to come down to whichever offense puts up the most points against that good defense. And I think when you look at the offenses, the Packers have a much better – opportunity to put up those points uh and you know the big reason why is um Aaron Donald is disruptive I will I've been open about it with anybody I think he's the best player in the NFL I think he has the largest impact I've seen that man get triple teamed on more than one occasion and so I understand the dominance that he has however the Packers have an incredible run game and it's not just the running game that they use to be able to counter counteract guys like that uh Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are both tremendous in the passing game as uh receivers so I see the Packers using them a lot in this game in the passing game and a good way to counter uh Aaron Donald is one just simply to run away from him run to the other side that Aaron Donald is on uh two um screen plays so if Aaron Donald is getting a lot of pressure, call screens, which the Packers are one of the better screen teams in the league. Um, and then uh, three is just counter runs. Uh, if you do get the Rams quick, speedy defense, uh, you know, overbiting, overreacting, uh, that's when you'll be able to cut back and go the other way, which is, uh, you know, Aaron Jones is one of the best at finding a hole that is 20 yards on the other side of the field. <laughs> so, um, I'm, again, I don't think the Packers are going to have a tremendous game offensively, but I do think that in terms of, like, the disruptor that uh, Darnold is, uh, um, 
the Darnold. Aaron Donald is <laughs> Darnold. Hopefully one day Darnold's a disruptor and we can talk about him like that, I guess. But um, uh, the yeah. disruptor that Aaron Donald is, uh, it's and the, the Packers have answers for it, I think, on offense. And at the end of the day, you know what? If if Donald is creating some havoc, I'd love I'd love to see AJ Dillon and Donald meet in the middle of the hole and see what happens there. Because I mean, Christ, there might be an earthquake if those two men meet in the middle of the field. So yeah. that would be <laughs> nice to see at least a couple times. We'll see what happens there. But um, other than that, I just I really think that the Packers have a lot of answers for what Aaron Donald can do. And then like the other thing is comparing like oh the Buccaneers matched up really well with them on defense. And yeah, I do. I do think the Rams have a great defense, but I think a large part of that is coaching and what they do there. Um, the Rams, the uh, the biggest problem the Packers had against the Buccaneers were two guys named Levante David and Devin White, which. Uh, every time I start a Madden franchise, I put Levante David and Devin White on my team for a reason, and that's because they're like the fastest, uh, harder-hitting linebackers in the league. Um, they're definitely up there at least, and uh, they're incredible. They caused a lot of problems because of their, their speed from the middle linebacker position. The Rams have good middle linebackers, but they don't have Levante David and Devin White, so I don't think that that's really comparable. And then... Uh, other than that, at, on those back end positions, yeah, I do think guys out in, behind like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, the Rams probably have a better defense than what the Packers have behind Kenny Clark and Jair Alexander. Um, I'm willing to give them that. But at the end of the day, they're still going to have to face Aaron Rodgers in the cold. And Aaron Rodgers at home in the cold is not a man to be messed with. And I just... Uh, again, at the end of the day, I think the Packers, the difference the Packers offense creates compared to the difference the Rams offense creates is just too too big to overcome for LA. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I think both defenses are going to play both offenses tough, but when it comes down to which offense is going to be able to break through that ice, I think it's going to be the Packers. And, so and if the Packers are getting the, that pass rush that they've been getting recently, and just being able to make quarterbacks uncomfortable. I just, I mean, Jared Goff, Jared Goff's going to have to have the game of a lifetime just to win this game, I think. And it, it's going to be a hard time doing that with Darius Smith coming at him and Kenny Clark and Snacks inside. So I'll be really interested to see how Petten plays it. I think he should be aggressive. I don't want him to allow them to get comfortable, but we were just praising Petten before we started recording. Uh, the Packers' defense has been much improved pretty much the entire second half of the season, and they've been much more consistent. So, Yeah, I mean, we had an entire episode surrounded, uh, surrounding our want to move on from Patton at right. some point, and he's answered the bell for the second half of the season. So, yeah, shouts out to him. Probably saved his job, barring an epic collapse, and even then probably saved yeah. his job. Yeah, we, we season, asked for so. consistency. The Packers' defense has definitely shown that. I think it's going to be important for them to be consistent this week, though, and uh, hopefully they are well prepared for it. I know that uh, McVay and Lafleur are very familiar with each other, so that's that's definitely not a new relationship or a surprising one there. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out, though, because I think I think that McVay pretty much mostly is the Rams' offense. I think most of the Rams' success is due to Sean McVay. Whereas, yes, I think LaFleur is a really good coach, and I absolutely love his play calling. A lot, most of the Packers' success is due to the talent the Packers have uh, at the quarterback position in Aaron Rodgers. 
And, um, you know, this game could very well come down to the fact that the Packers have Aaron Rodgers and the Rams don't. Uh, a lot of games come down to that fact, and this one wouldn't surprise me. But with that, we've kind of gotten into a little bit of, a little bit of the matches, uh, matchups we expect to watch. Aaron Donald versus the interior of Corey Lindsley, Elton Jenkins, and whoever you put at the other guard spot. Uh, still would love to see John Runyon out there. I'm uh, going to keep hoping for that. And, and not in a bad way, not in like an injury way, but just as in a, oh, shit, this guy's actually really good. We should probably play, play him. But, yeah, so the matchup of uh, Donald versus our offensive line, um, Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff, and then, uh, you know, obviously a head coach, LaFleur versus McVay. Um, a, lot of, a lot of really interesting things to watch there, and then obviously McVay and LaFleur coming from the same coaching tree, um, two really good defenses. Uh, we're going to get into the most exciting matchup, when we come back from a quick break, and I think that that's going to be the one that really decides this game. That is Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams, arguably the league's best corner versus the league's best wideout. Um, I'm going to tell you some stuff about that and why I think that uh, Devontae Adams might have a little bit more of an advantage than people are uh, leading everyone to assume right now. But we're going to take a quick music break. And then when we get back, we'll talk Devontae Adams, Jalen Ramsey, and then uh, some of the similar opponents and just some more, some more comparisons between the Packers and the Rams defense. But we will be right back. guys how's everyone doing hope you're all doing well hope you enjoyed the little break now we're gonna bring it back we're gonna talk about this has to be the premier wide receiver quarterback matchup of the season Devonte adams i believe he was the number one rated uh receiver according to analytics uh this season in the nfl and then jalen ramsey i mean he's you, you can make an argument for Jalen Ramsey, best corner in the league. You can make an argument for Jair Alexander. I know Stephon Gilmore coming into this season probably had that spot locked up. But, yeah, Jalen Ramsey's in a league of about three to five corners who are truly elite. And, I mean, if I didn't love Jair so much, I'd probably say I think he's the best corner in the league. Uh, so you got the best corner in the league and the wide receiver who has been the best wide receiver in the league this season uh, who are going to uh, go against each other. So two, two players who are top three uh, in the league at their respective positions. Now I'll start off just some things I expect. Uh, no one moves laterally off the line as well as Devontae Adams. No one's able to beat the press. Like Devontae Adams, I think Jalen Ramsey will be tasked with shadowing uh, Devontae Adams. I think mm -hmm. you could bet any amount of money on that. So this is, now, you were talking about how you're going to talk about how you think Devontae Adams has the advantage. So this is something where me and you might not be on the same page of thinking on. I'll give just quick my quick synopsis. So 
traditionally, uh, I think when these big wide receiver cornerback matchups happen, I feel like the corner usually does a pretty good job of keeping the receiver in check. So I've been mentally prepared uh, for the Packers to have to win this game. Not with Devontae as a non-factor because he'll be taking Jalen Ramsey essentially out of the game uh, with Jalen Ramsey following him. But I've been uh, prepared for the Packers to win it with, uh, with Devontae not doing a lot. So, I'm, you know, I think Devontae will get a couple nice catches. I think down in the red zone, definitely look for Devontae to uh, get himself open in the end zone. But nonetheless, I'm predicting like a three-catch, like 30-something yard game. I think uh, Devontae is definitely going to have a couple nice catches, but I think Jalen Ramsey is going to be, you know, there's very few corners I'd say this season or really in general that can uh shut Devontae down or as close as you can to shutting Devontae down and I would say Jalen is definitely one of those so I'm gonna say you know I'm expecting Jalen Ramsey to actually do pretty well and keep Devontae in check and like I said my I'm gonna give my stat line prediction of three receptions uh, 34 yards for Devontae and I know that might not sit the greatest with Packers fans and like and I think yeah, the, the coverage is way more slanted towards Jalen Ramsey. Of course, when you're one of the most talkative corners in the league, you're going to get that naturally. Uh, but Devontae, yeah, hasn't been given necessarily the respect, um, or at least the, the notoriety, I guess, that I think he should. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna think I think Jalen's going to do pretty well against uh, Devontae Adams this weekend. And I'd say look for the Packers to have to look towards Alan Lazard and Bob Tunyon and NVS uh, to make the bulk of the plays in this one. And, of course, the, the two, possibly three running backs, depending if they go to A.J. Dillon. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I think Jalen Ramsey is going to gonna do pretty well. Yeah, um, so first and foremost, um, the if Jalen Ramsey does – keep Devontae Adams in check. The thing is, is, like, you can keep Devontae Adams in check, and at the end of the day, he can still have, like, four catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown, and, you know, that's keeping Devontae Adams in check. So, uh, he has a lot, he has games like that where, you know, oh, Devontae Adams didn't do that much. He didn't have 100 yards. I always have been told that because of the two 997-yard uh, seasons he had. Um, but he doesn't have 100 yards, and, oh, you know he got he didn't do too much and then you look and well oh he had a touchdown oh he had two touchdowns and so as long as Devonte can make his plays and make plays when they have like plays that have a major impact then I think that's all he has to do because for the most part I do think that Rodgers is probably going to look else look elsewhere but I also know Rodgers isn't going to be scared to throw at Jalen so I think that Devonte is going to get his opportunities but. Um, the f there's a reason why I actually think Devontae's going to have a pretty good game. Um, and it, it won't be great, okay? I mean, Jalen Ramsey is legitimately one of the best corners in the league, and I would be shocked if we saw him play a single snap where he's not lined up across from Devontae as long as Devontae's in the game. Um, if Devontae's on the sideline, then yeah, sure, he'll be lined up against somebody else. But I, I would be very surprised to see a single snap where they're not uh, – pressed manned up right up against each other and so what the reason what everybody keeps telling me is this is why Jalen's going to shut Devontae down is because 
of what Jalen did against DK Metcalf and against Hopkins, D-Hop, this year. So that's obviously two conference opponents. He faced both of them twice, and I think in both of those games uh, he pretty much shut them down for the most part, you know, kept them, kept them in check. I don't know the exact stats off the top of my head, but he pretty much shut all of them down, kept them all locked down pretty well. But the thing about DK Metcalf and the thing about uh, D-Hop and the thing about Ramsey is you're talking about very physical players, guys who are, you know, you look up D-Hop highlights, there's a lot of contested catches where, like, he, he doesn't, he's not really open, but he'll just straight up use his giant fucking hands and snatch the ball out of the air above people. He wins 50-50 plays. He wins physical catch opportunities, catching in traffic, that kind of thing. That's where D-Hop wins. Um, DK Metcalf can't turn sideways. He can't move laterally. He runs in a straight line, and he's very fast and very tall and very physical. Uh, that is DK Metcalf's thing. If he doesn't beat you straight down the field, he needs to outmuscle you for the ball, or he's not getting open because he's not a route runner. He's not a technician. He doesn't have that agility. Yes, he's a freak fucking athlete. Don't get me wrong. Don't get mad at me for talking down on everybody's favorite wide receiver. But at the end of the day, that's what he is. He's a deep threat or a 50-50 guy. And those are the kind of guys that Jalen shut down. And I'm not saying that he's not shutting down really good wide receivers, but those are the kind of guys he's shutting down. Physical guys who... To don't match up really well with Jalen Ramsey. I'm not going to be, if I'm a quarterback, I'm not throwing jump balls towards Jalen Ramsey. I'm not throwing contested plays, you know, contested passes towards Jalen Ramsey. Devontae Adams is not that physical, contested. I mean, he makes contested catches, but he's not that physical guy. He's not the guy you're throwing 50-50 jump balls to. He's not the guy where you're saying, I'm throwing it to you even though you're not open because I know you can win that catch situation. Devontae gets thrown to because he absolutely slaughters people off of the line and he has the agility and the quickness to move laterally which is what allows him to get as wide open as he does even when he's facing some of the league's top corners. And um, Although obviously I think Jalen is going to be able to hang around with him I don't think that Jalen has I think Jalen has the physicality to beat physical receivers. I don't think that Jalen is going to be able to, you know, completely stick with Adams on his routes. And if the Packers are able to give Aaron Rodgers a little bit of time to allow Adams to get some of his routes going, get into his route tree, and, you know, set up some footwork on Jalen, then I think that they'll be in a situation where they can make some things happen for Devontae Adams. Yeah, I I can see where uh, you're definitely coming from on that. And that's that's where, you know, when when you put it that way, I can definitely see... Um, Devontae having a little better day than I gave him credit for. Because you are right, I mean, DK uh, is a great receiver, but I think that's a matchup made for Jalen Ramsey right there. Because that's this big thing. Like, exactly. he, shut, he, he shut DK Metcalf down, what, three times this year? And yep. that's really impressive. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think DK Metcalf's great, but let's, you know, we know where his skill set lies, and I think that's where someone like, Jalen Ramsey really, really can uh, capitalize. And Devontae Adams is a little different style. You know, he's elusive, elusive at the line. He's shaking defenders and creating separation oftentimes. Not to say, like you said, he can't make contested catches because he obviously can. But 
Yeah, I mean, gets, I, I think... The thing, so, like, I just think about it like this. I think about if you were to watch Devontae Adams' highlights, it's going to be him running routes and getting... He gets separation from the guy covering him. He gets open, that's when he makes his plays. If you go watch D-Hop highlights... Uh, I mean, DK obviously has the deep ball where he's wide open, and who gives a fuck about watching that? But you go watch D-Hop highlights, a lot of his plays, a lot of his highlights are, you know, a one-handed catch over a guy, uh, you know, using his body to keep a guy away and ca- making physical catches, close catches. He's not getting the separation that guys like Devontae Adams gets, and I think that that's where you get a little bit of a difference in it. And then one thing I didn't mention but it should absolutely be mentioned is – I have a hard time believing anybody has faced a wide receiver who has a connection with their quarterback like Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers have. And uh, I, I'm I'm more than kind of, I bet you Rodgers and Adams have already talked this week about they are, they're going to get theirs against Jalen Ramsey. So, and it, it might not be a huge game. It might be four catches, 50 yards. But if they get that one touchdown in a game where we've got two really good defenses facing off like we've talked about – that could be the difference maker in this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I all it take, like I said, I mean, my point was I think if the Packers can get to uh, 21 points, 24 for sure, I think they can win this game. So one one touchdown, if they can get one touchdown in the red zone from Devontae, I mean, that right. changes the whole complexion of this ball game. So, yeah, I, I like I said, I think Jalen Ramsey is going to do a good job against Devontae, but all, all it takes is – one or two big plays from Devontae, and it's whole Absolutely. different tune, worse we're saying. I know you brought up, like, uh, you know, if we don't get to rely on Adams, then, you know, maybe we have to look towards Lazard or, God forbid, gag me, MVS. Which, mm-hmm. I, I'm no more apologizing. It's done and over with. Uh, I'm, we've moved on, okay? Mm-hmm. No more to be said about MVS, okay? Um, so, so you know, if we do have to look those ways, here's the reason why I think the Devontae Adams matchup is even more important is because of that other corner the Rams have in uh, Darius Williams, I believe it is. And he, he's been really impressive this year, and I could see him locking down Lazard or, you know, MVS or EQ, Tavon even. I could see him locking them down better than I see Jalen locking down Devontae. Yeah, I I, uh, I I can definitely um, agree with that point. Does this have to be the Big Bob game, the Big Bob yes. Tunyon? Does it have to be him again? Because I mean, that is where I see the Packers having a real a real opportunity is uh, using Tunyon to attack the weaknesses and open spots in the defense that are going to be caused by you know Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones in the backfield. So. And, you know, Rodgers obviously loves getting the ball to Tunyon. We saw that all year. And, by the way, if you hadn't read the the letter to Green Bay that Tunyon wrote today, I strongly recommend reading it. Uh, it was a really, really interesting read, a lot of fun tidbits in there, and I just thought it was a really cool thing for him to do. So hopefully he comes out and follows that up with a really big game. And, hey, if Tunyon has to be the one to lead this offense, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it because, you know, he's a Pro Bowl snub, and he, he's done a great job this season. and. It's been awesome seeing him, especially when I would have thought he was like gonna be maybe the Packers' third best tight end this season. I right. So yeah, we had hopes for, for you know Sternberger and yeah. Duara big time, and uh, I still do have hopes for them. But I mean, I, Sternberger has just had a rough go at it to start out his career, and then obviously Duara tearing the ACL that 
is something you can't predict or really plan for. So hopefully he bounces back well from that. But to see Tunyon taking on this role the way he has this year has been really impressive. And um, I've given this guy, Carter Jorgensen, a bunch of shout-outs on here. Uh, you know, hopefully he is listening to this one and hears it. And, you know, we've argued about Tunyon so goddamn much. And I'm not going to go into too much detail, but basically – he thinks that Jimmy Graham is a better tight end than uh, Tunyon, and he thinks that um, he thinks that Aaron Rodgers didn't like Jimmy Graham in Green Bay, even though Rodgers and Jimmy are he's, like he's best pretty, friends. Oh yeah, I was gonna say he's pretty outspoken. Uh, yeah, about how much uh, he need to get Jimmy involved. And he like force fed Jimmy the ball. Like every time the Packers were in the red zone, it was guaranteed <laughs> he was throwing it at Jimmy at least once. And so, uh, you know. Whatever. I, I don't. I'm not going to get into detail about that because I've literally spent hours arguing with Carter about this. But um, at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers likes to throw the ball to his tight ends, and uh, Carter says that the reason Tunyon gets open so much is because defenses uh, are forgetting about him. They're focusing on, you know, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and you know what? If that if that if that is the case, and I don't think it's the case, I think that Tunyon is athletic enough to be able to. Uh, you know, work really well in Lafleur's system, and yes, they get him open. But I'm not going to discount Laf- discount Tunyon and be like, "Well, you got open, so you're you're not that good for making that catch, dude." But um, if that is how it happens to be, and Tunyon has to be the forgotten man, and he's the one who makes a couple touchdown catches, makes a couple big plays, then I'll take it. I'm all for it. You know, if the Rams want to forget about the highest scoring tight end in the league then I'm all for it. Go ahead and forget him on him, baby. Focus all you need to on Devontae Adams and the Packers run game because that's the thing about this Packers offense and the reason why they're so high scoring is that they have options. They have Devontae at wide receiver. They have Tunyon at tight end. They ha- And honestly, now they have Daphne too, which, by the way, has been a really yeah. impressive practice squad pickup. I really like seeing the big man come out there. Uh, very physical guy in the run game, and they've, they're using him, using him in the passing game now. Um, they have options in the backfield. You've got the three-headed monster now of Williams, Jones, and Dillon. Uh, you know, the Packers just have so much. And then at the end of the day, it's Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. I wouldn't want anybody else throwing him the ball. So, you know, do the does the Rams defense have more answers for the versatile, high-scoring offense that Green Bay has than the Packers defense has for the not very impressive Rams offense. That's basically what this game boils down to. Uh, yeah, because I think I think in this game, given just how the Rams have basically a a shell of Jerry uh, Goff, their offense isn't what it was two three years ago. I think both defenses are going to be kind of on equal footing here. I really do. So it's going to come down to what you know, which offense is going to be able to just kind of grind out. More more yards and points, which you know, like I said, we're we're kind of going the odd captain obvious route with those statements, but I think what we're kind of trying to say is, okay, you got the Packers who, second half of the season, are a pretty good defense, and then you got the Rams who are are really good. So I think in this game they're going to be equal because the Rams' offense not where the Packers' offense is, so it's going right. to boil down to which offense can just grind out enough scores against a defense that's going to play them pretty tough. Because I don't think the Packers are going to go explode. Uh, I don't think they're going to have some explosive game like they did against Tennessee, uh, like they have in countless games this season. Uh, but I think they're going to I think they're going to be able to get 
three touchdowns, and I think that's what it's going to take. I've said it enough times, yeah. but that's just kind of my statement. I think first team to say 23 points wins, and I think the Packers are going to be the ones to get there. I could see that being being very true, and I, I think that basically, and you know, if your statement is that, is you think three touchdowns to win, I think my statement throughout all of this is um, – can the Rams' offense keep up with the Packers' offense? And at the end of the day, I just don't think they can. Um, we've seen, you know, the Packers' offense is really good. They're also still really good when it's cold and shitty out, and you saw that with, you know, A.J. Dillon coming out yeah. for his, basically his first game of the year and being a monster, and Aaron Rodgers arguably having, like, his best passing game of the year in the snow too you know it seems like there's been a couple games this year where people have been like oh is the weather gonna force the Packers to run the ball and then Rodgers throws for like four touchdowns and has (laughs) almost a perfect passer rating so uh, I don't think that the cold is gonna be a problem for Rodgers I think he's used to it by now I love that he stays here during the winters and stuff like that and um, I think that uh, I think that that boils down to you know I think that this game could really boil down to that. Uh, I think I checked the weather today. Uh, Lambeau is said to have a high of 35, but winds of uh, 15 up to 15 miles an hour. And then the game starts at 3:30. Uh, sunset for that day is like 4:30 or something like that. So only an hour of sunlight, and the sun's going to be going down. And by sunset, it's going to be down to 26 degrees. So 26 degrees with those 15 mile an hour winds in Lambeau Field. Uh, with fans in the building too, I really think that uh, you know there's enough fans to where they're gonna get loud and it, the Packers have home field advantage. But it's also still like the quiet opportunity mm-hmm. where we've seen Rodgers really, really be able to take advantage and kind of play chess against these defenses. So I just I think everything kind of lines up for the Packers here. The Rams have the better defense, but I'm just not sure the Rams offense can uh, can keep up essentially. Yeah, and that's been like a thing this year in the NFL. Uh, I think with the Bills game uh, this last week is, you know, having fans in the stands. Granted, okay, it's six thousand, but we've seen select teams depending, you know, what state they're in, where their government sits on it all. Uh, you know, you got teams of six thousand, eight thousand, twelve thousand fans, whatever it may be. I think the Cowboys are uh, the ones operating at like twenty-five percent capacity, and you know. So this Bills game, it kind of was only, I think, 6,500 people uh, allowed, but it still made a world of difference. So, mm-hmm. Well, I, and Bills Mania. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is, it's Bills Mafia, <laughs> so it doesn't um, really stop them. I mean, they're, they're going to be loud regardless. But, yeah, I mean, I think even 6,000 fans in Lambeau, I think it, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool to see. I'm excited to see how they do this, how the seating arrangements, but... Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun, and I, I don't know that it'll make like a difference in the game, but I think right. it's going to create kind of an atmosphere that maybe that defense really, you know, they feed off of that energy uh, because... Well, and Rodgers has talked a lot, too, about missing, you know, not having the crowd. And those guys love playing for the crowd, so I think I think they'll be really happy to have, yeah. have their crowd in Lambeau, you know, for a game, and especially like a cold winter playoff game. 
and I really think that this is where you're going to start to see A.J. Dillon. I think that was kind of like the test run, that late season super game where he, he, he went off. That was kind of the test run, you know, put him out there with some training wheels, maybe take him off at halftime and let him go to work, and it really paid off. I think you're going to maybe see him get some more work in the cold and really try and beat up on this Rams defense. Uh, he might not get a ton, but even just giving that big guy the ball a few times and letting him, you know, put some bodies on the, on the ground out there, put some bodies into that frozen tundra, and really kind of just put a bruising on the Rams defense. I would really like to see that happen. But, um, and, you know, this is another thing I'd like to bring up. We've talked about how the Packers have a good defense, and I feel like they're underrated, and the Rams have a really good defense, but that's all that's getting talked about. Just to put it into perspective for you guys, the Rams defense is first in passing yards allowed, which is really impressive, but, okay, they haven't played Aaron Rodgers. And two, they're third in rushing yards allowed. So that's why they're the number one defense, obviously. You know, first in passing, third in rushing. That's really impressive. But the Packers defense, who essentially hasn't been talked about at all this week because everybody's talking about Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, uh, the Packers defense are seventh in passing yards allowed and 14th in rushing yards allowed. And the reason why I bring that up, and I know the 14th seems like a big gap, but the reason why I bring that up is because Yes, the Rams have that top defense, but they're going to have to be that top defense against the top offense, an offense that has Aaron Rodgers and the running game that they have, you know, the weapons that they have. They're going to have to be that top defense against the top offense, whereas the Packers, they just have to be that good defense against a struggling offense, against a struggling Jared Goff. And um, I think that I think that the odds that the Packers are able to shut down the struggling I mean, I shouldn't call them struggling, but they're just not impressive offense that the Rams have. I think they have better odds of shutting that Rams offense down than the Rams' good defense have of shutting the Packers down. And essentially the argument to that always comes back to, for at least what I've been told by friends and what I've heard, it always comes back to that Buccaneers game and how the Buccaneers dominated well. Again, I think that, one, I think that the Pack, the Buccaneers uh, caught, caught the Packers off guard. They had a really good game plan. And two, like we said earlier, I think it was their best game of the season by far, and we saw them play sloppy after that uh, a couple times. And so one important thing about that is I think that the Bucks probably did the Packers a favor there, and maybe did Matt LaFleur a favor there, and they exposed a weakness to this offense, a weakness in the game plan. Uh, if the Rams decide to go that route, at least this time I would hope LaFleur would be prepared for that because he saw what another really good defense did to us, and you know hopefully he can counterattack that. Um, and then you look at the Colts game. That's another one where the Packers faced a really good defense. Uh, the Packers came out and dominated the first half, and then they just lost the second half of that game. That's why they lost that. If the Packers can come out and play four quarters of consistent Green Bay football, I, I don't see the Rams uh, holding them down. And then just another thing, uh, the, the, the bad game for the Packers this year was the loss to the Buccaneers, right? It's the big loss mm -hmm. to the Buccaneers. Well, the bad game for the Rams is the loss to the fucking <laughs> New York Jets. So why yeah, is that not getting talked happen. about? Why, why is it that, like, oh, the Packers lost to the Buccaneers and that's why they're going to lose to this good defense. But nobody is like, oh, by the way, this good defense lost to the fucking Jets who are trying to tank, by the way. Yeah, it's similar. It really is just a very similar idea to the whole, like, Sean Brady, Drew, or Sean Payton, Drew Brees getting looked at in a different light than Rodgers, McCarthy. Um, it's like that same light as, like, 
okay, if the Packers-Buccaneers game is so indicative of how this could go, why are we not looking at the fact that uh, the Rams literally dropped one to the 0-13 Jets at the right. point where, like, I had accepted, like, they're going 0-16. Like, it's, like, set in stone, they're going 0-16. Then they somehow rattled off two wins against the Rams, then the Browns. But, yeah, I, I Pete, you know what? Let him, let him hate. Let him not give Matt LaFleur the credit that he deserves. Let him not give the Packers the credit, you know, we deserve. Because screw it. Because, you know what, you want to hype up Aaron Donald all week and now he's going to go be a gladiator and play with injured ribs. That's fine because I'm going to take, uh, take the combo of Corey Lindsley and, and uh, Elton Jenkins. And heck, even if it's Lucas Patrick, who's, you know, had a couple tough games in the, in the uh, back stretch of this season. I don't care. All right, Aaron Donald, he's, he'll hold a couple good plays. But nonetheless, give me the Packers in this one. I am, I, you know, it's going to be a really good game, probably, but give me the Packers, and I will stand firm on that. And Packers, like I said, race to 23 points. Packers are going to win it. Right. And so then uh, the other thing, if we're going to talk about bad games, bad regular season games, um, then the Rams have more than just the loss to the uh, the Jets on there. Um, the Rams lost to a very beat-up 49ers team, 23-20. to uh, the Rams lost their second matchup with the Seahawks and only put up nine points in that game. They lost 20-9. to nine. Um, So the Rams have had a lot of games this year where their offense has struggled to put up points, and I just don't see how their offense is going to be able to put up points and get more points against our good defense than our really good offense who consistently puts up over 30 uh, can against the Rams. And I do think it's going to be a good game. I think it might be a little more interesting than I'd like it to be, but... I kind of don't. I'm, I'm going to hold off on making predictions yet. We'll hold off till we drop that bold mm-hmm. prediction. But um, I don't know that I see this game being very close. I kind of think that the Packers could get the advantage early in this one. And just if, if that offense in L.A. can't keep up, they're going to have a hard time keeping up in Green Bay in the cold. And I'm just not sure I see it happening. But like I said, I won't jump into, uh, won't jump into any um, predictions yet. And there are still... You know, a few breakdowns we want to do before this game comes out, uh, you know, before this game happens on Saturday, just to really put a comparison on paper and in numbers for what you can, you know, for what you can expect from this game. And there's still some injury things to wait on. Like we said, you know, uh, Cooper Cup, you don't know what's going on there. And Aaron Donald says he thinks he's going to play, but you never know what's going to happen. The good news is for the Packers, if you don't count, you know, David Bakhtiari on IR and those guys. Uh, the only guy who wasn't practicing is Kingsley Kiki, which sucks to not have if he is unable to go. But to have the shortest uh, shortest injury report that you've had all year come in your first playoff game week, uh, that's obviously a really good thing. So I think the Packers are a healthier team. I think the Packers have a better offense. And I think the Packers have home field advantage in a cold Lambeau. Uh, I think that everything leans towards the Packers, except for the Rams have the better defense. Yeah, I, and I, I, I think the, obviously, different circumstances based on where the Rams' strengths are, but I think it's just as far as quality of team. To me, this really has the makings of kind of that Packers-Seahawks divisional matchup last season, and that's where I could see the Packers jumping out to, like, an early lead. You know, if they can jump out to, like, an early 14-point lead, I think they can coast the, the rest of the way. And like I said, I'll get into my, you know, like you said, uh, I'll get into my sport or my prediction uh, Saturday. But 
that's kind of how I see this one going. I think the Packers are going to get up like two scores early and just kind of ride it out uh, through the end. Maybe it'll get a little closer for comfort by the end of the game. But nonetheless, I see the Packers kind of jumping out, getting a couple early scores. And uh, I like that you brought to... up that game too, though, because uh, I feel like last year it was a lot of the same. Like mm-hmm. people were saying, oh, the Seahawks are going to take out the Packers right away. Like the Seahawks are the better team, and. LaFleur did that game, what he does a lot of games, and what I think, why I think LaFleur has an advantage is because even when we're facing really good defenses, uh, even the Buccaneers game where we were up 10-0 or the, the Colts game where I think we went up 14-0 mm-hmm. or something like that, um, LaFleur is really good at coming out with like those first two drives and just picking apart your defense no matter what. And he puts it all into those first two drives to get a hot start. And so I think if he can do that again this week, that, like you said, puts the Packers in a position to win. Um, And, you know, I I think I've said my part on it. Like I said, we want to get into some more breakdowns, do some more comparisons of, like, uh, the Packers' run game, the Rams' run game, uh, Packers' run defense, and stuff like that. Just some things so you can really see it on paper after listening to this. but we're not done yet looking at this Rams game yet, and then we're hopefully not done yet after the game as we can, you know, plan for a NFC Championship game in Lambeau. That's obviously the hopes. But right now, week by week, you focus on the Rams first, and we have to win this game. And I, I really think I've said my piece on why I think the Rams can win. We've certainly yeah. Man, not I even, even trying thought, to be biased. I haven't, had, I haven't had one single thought yet about the Packers draft or free agency period, so I'm not ready to get nope. into those episodes yet. So, yeah, let, nope. let's win this thing. I'm, not, I'm definitely not ready for that either. And, uh, yeah, I think the Packers have a very real shot at winning that. And, you know, I think we spoke from a non-biased standpoint as well, uh, complimented the Rams in more more than one way, um, just kind of pointing out their weaknesses, though, and why I think the Packers have the advantage in this one. But it should be a couple of really good games this weekend that I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, obviously, Packers-Rams is one. And then the other one I'm very excited to see is – you know, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, and yeah, is this the last exciting. time we get to see Tom Brady versus Drew Brees? Most likely. But uh, it should be a really good game. Um, you know, whether they both have really good uh, performances or just Brady performs well or maybe they both perform shitty, I think that's one of those games where, like, I remember thinking it a couple years ago when the Packers played the Patriots and it was Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and even though it wasn't it wasn't the, what we wanted it to be, uh, I, I those are the t- moments like I'm gonna sit down and watch that game Saints Tampa Bay and I'm just gonna be super like grateful to have watched both those guys pretty much my entire life and that's one of those games where you're just like yep I'm just gonna sit back and watch a really good football game so I'm very excited to see that one. And uh, hopefully it's in good spirits with uh, the Packers winning over the Rams as well. So that's what I look forward to. Yeah, that'll be exciting. But uh, with that, I think uh, at the end of the day, just a real quick run-through of what we've all captured. I think, uh, you know, Tanner, you were pretty pretty emphatic about, you know, first one to basically three scores wins, three touchdowns wins. Uh, So a race to get into like 23-24, I could definitely see that being true. uh, in a game of defenses, uh, I think it's I think it's a race between the offenses uh, in a similar way. Um, can the Rams keep up with the Packers? And then just a basic rundown after, you know, if you just take, J- take say, Jair and uh, Jalen match up with each other, so they cancel each other out, and then Aaron Donald and Kenny Clark, they cancel each other out. 
After that, uh, yes, the Rams have the advantages on defense, probably at middle linebacker, uh, their second corner, um, and maybe with the pass rush with Leonard Floyd, but that I'd have a hard time saying that because Darius Smith and Leonard Floyd, I think, I think those could arguably cancel each other out. Uh, I think the Packers have the advantage at safety, and Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos would not be surprised if those guys get some interceptions on Jared Goff, especially the way that they've been playing lately. And Savage is a disgusting ball hawk lately. He's made some plays that have really impressed me in his closeout speed. So wouldn't be surprised if those guys make some interceptions for some for some turnovers. Uh, and then on the offensive side, um, Packers have a better offensive line. Packers have a better quarterback. Packers have better running back system. Um, maybe give the Rams, I'd probably give the Rams a wide receiver room. They don't have Devontae Adams, obviously, but the Rams do have a decent wide receiver room. And then at tight end, I mean, the Packers have the highest scoring tight end in the league. And I think that that connection with Aaron Rodgers is enough to where I just see the Packers having an advantage in almost every position except for those, uh, you know, what we stated on defense. So, again, I uh, won't get into predictions, but I really think the Packers are going to dominate this game, and that's what I'm hoping to see. And hopefully we get to have a, uh, a victory Monday next week and you know discuss our plans for the NFC Championship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm pumped. It's you know getting to the NFC Final Four and two, hey, two games away from the big, big show. So, yeah, I mean, that's there, there's uh, no more exciting feeling than you know, Packers home playoff game coming right up, especially when the Packers are rolling and it, it, you feel good. I mean, the Rams are a team that in, in some ways have really reversed into the playoffs. Like even their game to essentially get in, I think it was against the the, the Cardinals, if I remember right. Um, yeah, yep, yeah. Okay, cause, yeah. Like that, even then, it's not like they looked good and, and no, Kyler Murray yeah. was hurt most of it. So. Yes. Well, and I hadn't brought it up, but, the, you know, the last time the Packers and Rams played, or at least I think it was the last time, was when we still had Ty Montgomery, and yeah. he fumbled that kick return coming out, and the Packers didn't play great, but they came on really strong at the end and were, like, about to – that would have been the drive that if they score on that drive, they pulled off the comeback to win most likely. So um, I haven't brought that up, but I think that I think that there's a couple people who kind of want revenge for that game and kind of want them, you know, right the ship there. So uh, – not that, not that Rodgers is kind of focused on that game or even thinking of that game, but uh, he, he kind of makes mental notes of stuff like that, and he wants to – I'm sure he wants to get back on top of the Rams. So um, might be something he's thinking about. And, uh, you know, this, the Rams should, should be a really tough matchup. I'm really looking forward to the game, but it's a really exciting time to be a Packer fan. Uh, you know, home, home team football in the playoffs, you love to see it. Uh, the Packers are the one seed and got the bye, but also a really excited time to exciting time to be part of you know the Green and Bold and the Leap Zone as this is the 20th episode of the Leap Zone and we are hoping to continue to grow after this and continue to grow as this football season comes to an end. So um, really really excited for our future, really excited for the Packers' future, and just really enjoying the moment. But for now, looking forward to the Rams and Packers on Saturday, 3.30. We'll see what they got. Aaron Rodgers in his house, in Lambeau, in the cold. I'm taking my team. I am. You know what it is. Yeah, as always. In. Before we get to that, get those predictions in Saturday and tell your Rams friends yeah, absolutely. I mean, so then we can, we can argue with them. 
right? Absolutely, yeah. Saving but, screenshots is wonderful, but absolutely. as always. Go, Pat. Go.